0: Hey, guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow & Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Grow & Go podcast with your host, as always, Tiana Recklage, me. Um, hey, guys. Welcome back to our series on the S-word. Uh, last week, we focused on um, sex in pornography, and this week, we're going to be focusing on sex before marriage. It's going to be pretty good, and, um, and I feel like a lot of us can relate to this, um, either whether we've given into it or whether we have been pressured into it or have just kind of been ridiculed for not doing it. um, I feel like all of us have kind of interacted with this topic in some shape form. Um, But of course, before we get into that, I want to share my embarrassing story of the week, which literally happened this past week. Okay. Now, if you are a close friend or family member who is listening to this, you already know this story, but it's it's. uh, I'll just say this. I got arrested this week Okay, and don't worry, it wasn't for like anything bad. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't hurt anybody i didn't do I didn't do anything that was considered like embarrassing. well, this whole story is, but it's it's just really funny, okay, so <clears throat> this past week, I am going to the gym, okay, and i'm I'm working out. And I leave the gym and as I'm leaving the gym, I'm like, oh man, I am just in the mood for just a fat bowl of Chipotle. So I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. So I decide in, in the smart move, I decide, hey, I'm going to go and grab some Chipotle. I'm going to go drive the 15 extra minutes to go to Chipotle because I got a gift card and go get, me, go get me a fat bowl of Chipotle. So I get in my car and I'm driving and I'm on this street that... Literally goes from thirty-five mile thirty-five miles per hour to forty-five to fifty-five in like less than a minute. And so I'm oh, I finally get to the fifty-five miles per hour. I feel like I've told this story so many times. I just want to clarify that too. But I'm in the 55 miles per hour zone, right? <clears throat> There's this truck in front of me with like something on the back of it, and it's going really slow. It's going like 15 miles under the speed limit. And I'm just like, oh man, like this guy, I'm like, I'm hungry and I'm doing intermittent fasting too. So my window is from four to 10 and I only got like a half hour to like go and get that. So I'm like, shoot, man, I'm like, I got to go around you. So I like lean my car over, I look and I see oncoming traffic. So I wait a second and then I notice that, okay, I can, maybe if I go right now, I can go around this truck and I'll be fine. I'll, I'll go right around. So I wait. And it's a dotted line, so I can legally go around him um, because he's not going the speed limit. And um, so I go around him, and of course, there's oncoming traffic coming still. But I make it. I make it perfectly fine. No one got hurt or anything. But I notice in the in my rear view window, I see a rear rear, rear view mirror. Um, I notice a cop car turns its lights on. He was a couple cars behind me. And he just comes flying around and gets in front of the car, the truck I went past and pulls me over. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, what did I do wrong? So he comes to my window. He's like, hey, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, I I assume it has something to do with what just happened when I went around that truck. He's like, yeah, do you really think it was, do you really think it wasn't reckless for you to drive around a truck while on, oncoming traffic is coming at night? And I'm like, and I, and I said, well, I made it, didn't I? Like, <laughs> I'm safe. Everyone's fine. No one got hurt. So then he's like, yeah. so I give him my license registration. He's like, can you step out of the vehicle? So I'm like, yeah. And he's asking as I'm stepping out, he's like, do you have any guns or anything? I'm like, no, no, I'm clean. And I put my hands, just naturally, I put my hands on my car, you know, because I assume he's going to pat me down. Um, so then he says, you can put your hands behind your back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shoot. And so I'm like, I put my hands behind my back. And as he's putting handcuffs on me, he's like, I, I ask him cause I'm just shocked. I'm like, am I being arrested right now? He's like, yeah, you're being arrested for reckless driving. And I'm like, okay. And of course I was always taught just comply. Like, you know, any sort of argument isn't going to help your situation. So I'm like, all right, like there's really nothing I can do anyway. So I'm like, all right. So I get in the back of the cop car, um, and I have to like lay, I have to like lay my body sideways so I can actually fit in the seat. Um, and I tried being a nice guy. Like, I'm not the kind of guy that's like, Oh, like forget cops. I don't care. Like they're doing their duty and maybe it's not fair sometimes, or maybe I would do it a different way than them, but you know, like it sucks, but Oh, well. So I get, we go to the station and you know, he tells me I got a court date, which hopefully, hopefully I'll still be making episodes and not from jail though. Um, (laughs) so my dad picks me up. And just the look on his face is just like, why are you, why are you in the police station right now, dude? So pick it up and they towed my car. And so that wasn't cool either. And the whole thing was just like, just so blown out of proportion. And like the thing that like, I could care less about the fact that, you know, I, I, you know, got arrested. I could, I could care less about the fact that I got my my car towed. Like, I could care less about the fact I got a court date and I'm probably going to have to pay money. The the one thing that I'm just so upset about is that I didn't even get my Chipotle. Like, I was that was probably the worst part because I had been hungry and I only had a half hour to eat. So I literally, like, just ate a whole bowl of Cheez-Its with a spoon that night, which isn't even nutritious at all. So it was really embarrassing. And th- th- oh, and three squad cars showed up, which I didn't even know because I wasn't even trying to pay attention to the other cars behind me. But three cars showed up for me going around a truck. I don't know. The whole thing was kind of funny, kind of ridiculous. But um, it was pretty embarrassing. So um, hopefully I don't go to jail. All right. So like I said earlier, we're in the new series, the S-Word. It's a three-week series. So we're on part two. So if you haven't heard part one, I would go back and listen to that. um, Because it kind of sets up for this one. Um, But I just kind of want to share my own story about sex. Sex before marriage, specifically. Uh, so I am not a virgin. Um, I have had sex before. I have given up my virginity. Um, not proud of it, of course. Like I know this. That's not something I'm. I would boast about. Um, but it is part of my story, and it is part of uh, the reason I who I am today, and what I'm learning now um, about all this. So not going to say I'm like uh, like a a master or anything about like you know c- keeping. Um, purity have being pure or anything. Cause I, I, I fail and all of us have failed in some sort of area. Um, so we're all not perfect, but, uh, and I hope you don't judge me. And the reason why I say that is because there was this one time and you know, I could, this could be a whole different episode, but there was this one time I used to be on a Christian dating app and I matched with this girl and I had been talking to her for like a few days and you know, I expressed like, I told her pretty early on, because I was like, I just wanted to be clear with her. But I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know, I am, I'm not a virgin. Um, I'm not really proud of it. And, you know, just kind of being honest with her. Um, and she blocked me. So <laughs> it's just, it, was, uh, it was pretty eye-opening. And uh, it kind of made me realize that like, oh, some people don't know how to apply grace, the same grace to other people that's been applied to them through Jesus. And so kind of just wanted to say that this is no judgment uh if you know if you've lost your virginity before marriage too like totally get it like not like shaming you at all like I think you already know that sin um and I know it's sin too but I just want to let you know like there's no like harsh feelings <laughs> or and no I'm not gonna like flinch at the fact of that so I just wanted to clarify that so like I said my own sex story I lost my virginity when I was uh, 19 years old um, and to be honest The because I know the girl who I did it with doesn't listen to this. Um, to be honest, I didn't want to lose my virginity. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, and I'm not going to say that like she like forced me or anything like that. I wouldn't go that far, but it was where I had just kept this mentality of like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to save it. And then it just kind of turned into something that was like, all right, I'm already here. And of course, not proud of it. Um, and even after that, too, there was a time frame where after her and I had broken up, um, I had been with a few other girls and had been <laughs> downloading, like I mentioned in a different episode, like I downloaded dating apps and I just kind of like, just met up with a few girls sometimes. And and it, it sucked because every time it just made me feel more and more empty, uh, which is going to be kind of the theme of to this episode in general. But um, I wanted to start off with saying... Um, the reason why i give i had given into it is because because it screamed louder and it it became more enticing in that moment because it was something that like as opposed to waiting you know we we're in we live in a really western civilization where we want things now like america is like very consumerism heavy very like i need to get what i want now like Fast, everybody like fast food literally runs off of that like you can get your meal in less than five minutes for a cheap price and you can get it now as opposed to like waiting two hours for a really good meal It's like everything is so like I want it now I need to get it now and if I don't get it now then I'm gonna be upset and I think the same thing has turned into sex as well and this isn't a new thing I feel like but America really emphasizes it like you can go on Instagram you can download like memes I love memes. But there's points where there are meme pages that are just posting nothing but just sexual stuff, like porn, or just you know, just saying like, you know, just ideas on how to get a woman, how to get laid in a certain night. And it's just like that's not what I followed for. I wanted to laugh, but now I'm feeling like more tempted to give in to downloading a dating app or to or watch porn. And like it's all these things where America focuses so much. We focus. So much on getting what we want now that we forget what is worth the wait. And I want to start with this quote by Pastor Levi Lusko, one of my favorite guys, and he put he put it in his book, which I'll give a recommendation later. But he wrote in his book, "Now yells louder, but later lasts longer." And so it's like this notion that like what we want now is like everybody everything is like everybody talks about it. Like you if you go to a public school, which I don't even know if I'm going to send my kids to public school. I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't even have kids. But it's this notion of like everybody's talking about it. And if you're not doing it, then it's like you're weird. Like you are out of the circle because everybody's having sex. or Everyone's doing this. And it's like because we can get it so easily. like we get, like we Like I mentioned earlier, like you can download a dating app and within hours you could be sleeping next to someone. Like you could be literally having sex with someone in a matter of hours. And it's because we're just so focused on what can I get? Like what is the benefit that I get? I want to feel better. And that could even be something as long as as far as something along the lines of um like to make me feel better about myself or to have a release or just because I'm bored, like all these things. And in this book that he wrote, Levi Lusco, he put like um a statistic that like or he he got a quote from this girl that said, like he She had hooked up with someone and then like after that, he was already on the dating app looking for who else he was going to sleep with that night. So it's like, if that's the case, then like, man, we are like in total desperation for having sex and having this pleasure that is only so temporary. And so I guess I want to just share a couple thoughts considering I am in the class of people who have lost their virginity. And who knows what it's like to have sex before marriage. And again, like I've said, I'm not married. I don't know what sex in its context looks like because I haven't been there. But I have talked to people about it and I've read books about it. And it's it's so much better. But I just want to start with saying that when we have sex with someone who isn't our wife, we are stealing the very thing that was meant for her to give to her husband. Or vice versa with men. You know, our heart's... Over time, our hearts can be numb to this truth because, you know, like I said, we want what we want when we want it. But if one of the commandments that Moses shared with his people is to not steal, and it's something that God holds as high regard, is to not steal, then we are giving into sin when we steal someone's virginity or someone's sexual experience that is meant to be with their spouse. You know, because we tend to focus so much on what we want that we forget that like, oh, snap, I am actually hurting somebody else. Oh snap, I am actually taking this experience away from someone that could have been so special for marriage and I'm guilty of it. Like I said, the last relationship or the first relationship I I had sex in really um it like you know, it took something from me and given and I'm not going to like share that person's experience, but like I'll just say that that person had already had sex before. And it's just hard when it's like I can't ever we can't ever get that moment back. And yeah, we can be so hard on ourselves to be like, man, why didn't I just try harder? And why didn't I do that? And it's like, we're all, we are all guilty. We cannot rely on our own strength, but it becomes a pattern or becomes an issue when it's like, the more we give into it is the more, when it becomes harder to let go. Kind of like what I mentioned in the last episode about porn. It's like, the more we give it, the more harder it is to turn away from it. So if we give it attention, obviously like our eyes are going to be glued to it. In the same sense as if we, if we have sex before marriage with someone or someone's plural, then it becomes more or less and less special. It becomes less and less about keeping a covenant and more about making sure I feel satisfied in those moments, making sure that I feel this gratification that comes from it, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, like when we, when we learn to compromise what God reveals as sex, it's a a wonderful thing. It's almost like the story in the Bible about Jacob selling his, uh, or Esau, Esau, gosh, I can't say names today. Like he gave away his birthright for a bowl of soup and Jacob stole it, right? And the more we have sex, it becomes like duct tape. It's, you know, it's like sticky at first, you know, and once we stick it on once and it's like, we're good. But the more that we keep taking, we keep sticking this duct tape to a surface and taking it off and then sticking it to another and taking it off, the more, the less and less it becomes sticky, right? And it loses its whole <laughs> stickiness, like literally, but like the less sticky the tape becomes because we're so focused on, I need to get satisfied in all these areas. And imagine what what a heart heartless world it would be if we were just so focused on all the relationships that we have all the people that we come in contact with, if it's, and I mean this in like a, you know, pursuing like relationship, not so much like friendship, but like relationships, imagine how heartless and how cold it would be for us to just look and see like, what can you give me? Because then it doesn't even become a relationship at all. It just becomes a consumerism. Like, what can you give me that the other people cannot, or what is it that you can do in these moments that somebody else can't, you know, we become so focused about what we want, right? Right. But sex is not meant as an evil thing. I feel like a lot of us have kind of grown up with this, um, you know, purity culture where we um, have learned, you know, like what I, and I'll give a personal example in this situation. So like growing up and like going to church and like uh, not so much blaming my parents, but just blaming what I thought like was the Christian worldview was that sex is bad, therefore like if you have sex and you're like <laughs> curse for eternal damnation right but sex is such a beautiful thing when it's god honoring when it's meant to be in the right context right but what happens is when we when i had sex outside of marriage i like faced this eternal or this uh inner condemnation that only came from me because i like refused to like to let myself sin i thought like if i I, like, obviously it was one of those, like, I sin, like, do I lie sometimes? Yeah. Do I like curse under my breath sometimes? Like, yeah. I, and like, not to like glorify in that, but to say like, I am a sinner, like I am broken and I am, I fall short of the glory of God all the time. But there was something about when I gave into sex, I was just like, I, it was like this ultimate like loss and this like failure of like, oh, I like, I'm screwed. Like it was like this feeling of Like powerlessness, because I was relying on my own strength to keep it instead of relying on his grace to maintain the purity. Right. So, like, going back to what I was saying earlier is that, like, I grew up thinking that like sex was bad. And because I had given into it, I thought, therefore, now I'm bad, like, which isn't true. (laughs) Um, because God redeems all sin that we forgive if we're in him. But, um, it's, it became this thing of like, oh man, like people are going to look at me differently. And that's, Probably one of the consequences considering what happened with the girl that I was um, talking to very briefly and how she blocked me when she found out that news. And it's like, there's grace for that. But I didn't really realize it at that time because I was so consumed with, oh man, I just screwed up big time. Like, therefore I'm a big screw up big time, you know, because sex is not a bad thing. You know, sex is meant, and we'll get more into this into the last week, which is next week, sex is meant to bind two sinners together to glorify God. And that may sound weird, but keeping this area in its right context is what honors the Lord. Um, there's this there's this uh, quote that I heard from this guy, Jefferson Beck, you might have, or Beth Key, I don't know how to say his last name, but it was uh, this guy, you may have seen his YouTube video back in like many years ago now but it was like Jesus is greater than religion and he gives all these different things between religion and Jesus but he wrote his book with his wife um called love that lasts and a there's a quote that says dating with no intent to marry is like going to the grocery store with no money you either leave unhappy or you take something that isn't yours so when we're giving this this when we're giving into sin when we're dating and we're having sex um, before marriage it's In those moments, if love is what, if God says that love is to have self-control, if it's about sanctification, it's about abstaining from sexual immorality. If love is, if when you have sex in marriage, that's almost like you saying, I love you enough to wait. Like something that like I used to do, which I don't do anymore. Was that I thought like, oh, like go on a date with someone. Okay, um, like I'll make sure to make out with them by the end of the night. I'll make sure to get some sort of physical, physical thing out of it by the end of the night. And there would be times like, you know, I would like, oh man, am I going to have sex tonight? Or like, oh man, am I going to get, it sounds funny now that I'm thinking out loud. But and I'm like, am I going to get tongue down my throat? <laughs> you know, like some something so stupid. But like, that's not love. That's me just trying to get something out of it. You know, and, like, if you think someone's attractive, then awesome. Like, I feel like physical attraction should be, um, you know, I, I think that should be important, but I don't think it's the first importance. It's, like, nobody ever gets married to, to have sex. Like, plain and simple. Like, imagine if you just married someone only to have sex, like, and you didn't get along with them and you... You know, you thought they were pretty attractive, and but you didn't. You couldn't see yourself growing with them, and you couldn't see yourself handling finances or, you know, doing life and sharing cars and sharing a house and like paying bills. Like, imagine if it was just to have sex, and I would say that's not love. So, and that's this quote I saw on Twitter, which is kind of funny. It said, "Um, if you had if you've had sex before marriage, you haven't had sex. You've had sin before marriage," and it's true. Like. Sex is meant to be an exchange and not just a means of pleasing each other. And it's good, sex is good in its context. The problem with having sex before marriage is that there's any chance that someone can leave and you're left with this connection because sex connects us. And there's you're left with this connection that you had with someone and then it's just gone. Like they can you can deci- like you can decide whether or not you want to stay with that person when you're only dating, but when you're married it's a lot harder because you got to pay for a divorce and you got to like, there's so many different moving parts to it, but people don't get married to have sex. And you know, people get married because of love. So sex is a bonus. There's this verse in uh first, uh, first Thessalonians four verses three through five. And it says this for this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you Know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So we see in that verse that the will of the God, the will of God is our sanctification. It's becoming more like Him, and in that it, the verse perfectly explains it. It says that you abstain from sexual immorality. You abstain from having sex outside of marriage and that each one of you know how to control our body in holiness and honor. So that includes masturbation, that includes not having sex with multiple partners, that includes not having sex before marriage in general. And that and it even says like not in the passion of lust because that's not love, that's lust. You know, when you download a dating app, that's not because you're like, "Oh man, I'm looking for love." No, it's like, "I'm looking for something that's going to make me feel good. I'm looking for something that's going to be fun and ex- and exciting and It's going to fulfill my fantasy. I'm looking for something like that. And that is not love. That's lust. There's another verse too in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 2, which explains what what sex should look like. And it says this, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So it says right there, like I said, we'll get into that next week, but it says there's this temptation to give in to sexual immorality. There's this temptation to give in to having sex before marriage. But it says each man should have his own wife, not his own partners, not his own dating app, not his own people he's been with, but his own wife, someone to enjoy that sex with. And honestly, like I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't want to get married and have a wife just to have sex with. And the verse even continues and says each woman with her own husband. So it's about this it's not so much this, like, what can you give me? And like, what can I give you? But it's this equal exchange of like, I'm doing this because I love you. I know, like, I would want to have sex with my wife because I love her. And if it benefits her and if it makes her feel special to be held and, you know, all these different things. And again, coming from a single man, I don't really know, but... But it's not something that's so much about me, but it's about, hey, here's this experience that we get to enjoy together. Here's something that that God has gifted us because we're married, because we have rings on our finger. That means that we get to enjoy this thing. But what we do is when we have sex before marriage, we're essentially taking something that God says is beautiful and just spitting on it. And, you know, and sadly to say, like, that's a lot of what, this culture is done. And you know, and I feel like we get into this mindset if we're believers. This is only if we're believers, where it says, like, Well, God forgives me. You know, and like in thinking like, Well, God forgives me. God, God knows like every time I sin, that therefore I'm going to be forgiven. It's like that is foolish. <laughs> of course he does. And of course he does forgive us, but why should we like strive more in holiness? Or why shouldn't we strive more to be holy? And that's what the verse was saying earlier, whereas you know our goal is to abs- to abstain from that and that's through sanctifying ourselves and to be working more towards him to working the fruit of the spirit and what like i mentioned in the last episode the fruit of the spirit includes self-control and that's controlling ourselves from giving into sexual sin to giving into having sex before marriage that's part of sanctification is when we become these fruits and it's funny now that i'm thinking about it i know i'm kind of everywhere but Um, I'm reading the gospels, um, in the whole month of October, there's like this picture I saw on Instagram. that was like, read these chapters every day and you'll read all gospels. And there was this verse that I read the other day in Matthew, and it was right in the middle of this passage. And it seemed like it was kind of not meant to be there, but it was, but it was in this part where it was about John the Baptist and the Pharisees came and saw him baptizing everybody. And there was this verse that said, um, bear fruit with repentance, and that's what we talked about last week where it's like, God, God's heart isn't for us to just keep on sinning and, and then him cleaning us every time. Cause then we're not learning to be more like him. We're learning to give into our own selfish desires and expecting him to forgive us. And that becomes more of a, you know, like a manipulation in a way, knowing that God's going to forgive us. Therefore, oh, okay. Well, I know God's going to forgive me. Therefore I can do whatever I want. Like, What's the point of being saved if you're just going to continue living the life you did, right? But it said to you'll bear fruit when you're repentant. So when we acknowledge that sex before marriage isn't something that God planned, but he can redeem anyway and we can change our lifestyle. We don't have to keep giving in to sex. Nobody's holding a gun to our head like I mentioned in the last last episode. Nobody's putting a gun to our head saying like don't have sex before marriage because obviously we're going to be like, "Oh, snap. I don't want I don't want to die." <laughs> like So it's like we have the power, but yet we think that this sexual sin is something that is so gripping onto us because one, it feels really good. Two, it's something that God wanted us to enjoy in the right context. So therefore, it's something that is good, but when it's not, it's twisted and it's wrong and it's not loving, it's lusting. And so when he made something for us to enjoy, it wasn't something that we got like, oh man, like... I got to wait for it. And like, but it's like, we get to, that's something that we get to look forward to on our honeymoon. That's something that we get to look forward to when we're married. And and it's not something that he's like withholding us from. He's saying, no, you can have it. And I want you to have it. But good things do come to those who wait. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a Bible verse, but I know it's a good life motto too. It's like God saying like, hey, if you wait, it's going to be so much better. You know, imagine having uh, in, in the same situation of like imagining like, oh man, I'm so craving food right now. Like what would taste better? Like a four course steak dinner, four course meal over a Hot Pocket. You know, like the you you pick. The, <laughs> I don't even care what flavor of Hot Pocket it is. But at the end of the day, it's like that Hot Pocket is gonna taste like straight up cardboard compared to that four course meal that we would be able to have if we just waited. You know, we're so impatient. But God says patience is one of the fruit of the spirit. And patience And self-control can tie in together when it comes to having sex within the boundaries of marriage, you know? And it's funny. There's one last thing I wanted to say, and then we'll get to our takeaways. But in the book that Levi Lusko wrote, he used this illustration of a pineapple, which is a crazy illustration. I love it. But he said that, or he explained to to me, the reader, (laughs) to us, whoever, but he explained that back in the old day, like, I don't even, I want to say 1800s. I'm going to be wrong. But, like, pineapple was, like, a legit, like, like, a delicacy. Like, pineapples were very rare. Like, there was this thing they said that, like, back in, like, uh, England or whatever, like, if you had, like, a pineapple, like, you would put it in a vase. Like, you wouldn't even, like, eat it. Like, it would be just for, like, showing how wealthy you are. And it's something that, like, is held to such honor and has so much, like... You walk in, you see a pineapple, you're like, oh, snap, like they got, they got it made. But now you can literally just go to, (laughs) you can go to the store and get a pineapple almost anywhere. Like you can walk into a freaking grocery store and you'll see them like on sale. And that's because it's almost playing the same part with sex where it's like sex is meant to be held in such high honor. And it's meant to be something that is so valuable, something that is meant to be treasured within marriage. But yet, we can get it so for free because of the accessibility of it. And because, you know, everybody wants to have sex, everybody craves that intimacy. But yet, we're not holding it to high honor like God says it is. And it's only high honor when it's his honor, you know, when it's only in his plan. So I thought that was really cool. So, like I said, here's a few takeaways for this episode. If you've given in, to sex before marriage, if you've given into that sexual immorality, um, just know that you're not alone. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of it in the Bible, believe it or not. Um, but he can also redeem it. You know, God can forgive any sin. And that's including the one when you've had sex before marriage. You know, like I mentioned earlier, when I said that, like, I felt this like powerlessness after I had sex. I felt like so weak. I felt so ashamed is the best word I would use to describe it. But God saying like, No, I took that shame and I put it on the cross and I died for your shame. And that's not to say, like I mentioned earlier too, that we get to just keep on sinning. But it's to say that, hey, we are fully forgiven when we confess and when we repent and strive away from doing it. You know, just because you've had sex once, that doesn't mean you have to do it again, you know, before marriage. Like you can treasure that thing that you experienced And you can save it for the special person that you want to. So God can forgive any sin, including that one. And you may feel embarrassed by having sex. So if you're having sex with someone before marriage, I would highly recommend not to. And I'm not going to be the one to point the finger and be like, you're in sin. Get out of it. But I want to let you know that one, God does call it sin. But two, there's such a better way to have sex. And it's with the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Someone that... God doesn't just handpick, but God lets you handpick and lets you pick out who you want to do life with and who you want to grow with and, and enjoy that intimacy with. So I would highly recommend do not, I would say because coming from someone who was having sex regularly, um, don't, it's not worth it. It's a hot pocket. And that's also coming from someone who, um, like I mentioned in another episode, um, I lost my job because I had sex with someone, but when I shouldn't have, and it's, it's humbling when you get called out and because you realize that, oh, snap, I'm not alone. And I know that it's very cliche to say that, but to know that God has something so much better in store for me than what I do. And I'm choosing this hot pocket over a four course meal. Um, Next thing I would say is save the heartache of your future spouse, of your future spouse and God, of course. And practice self-control. You know, we don't need sex to survive. It, It is a gift. God lets us have this gift and it's a great gift. But imagine if you were to go to your future spouse and say, hey, I have had sex with a ton of people. That just saves the heartache of your spouse wondering if they're good enough, wondering if they are doing it as good as somebody else. Like all of those questions have to be, can be erased if you refuse to have sex before marriage and you get to enjoy that intimacy with them. So I would say that. And know that it not only will break the heart of your future spouse, and hopefully your future spouse is understanding; it doesn't block you. Um, but and it also breaks the heart of God. You know, God is not proud of us when we give into sex. It's an obvious thing. He hates sin, but he loves sinners. Um, and lastly, I want to just give the book recommendations that I had in this. Um, Levi Lusco's book is called Swipe Right. Um, really good book. Um, if you if you don't really realize how how much sex people are having. Like there's a statistic that I saw that was like people, like single people are having sex at least once a week. And uh, thankfully some people like me haven't had sex in a long time, but it's still like that notion of like people are looking for something, but if they knew that there's something way better, if it's in store for the marriage, for a right context, like how much we would be able to save people from heartache. You know, the more that we give into sin, the more heartless it can be. Because the more cold we can be and more numb that we can be to it um, and the next book I would say was by Jefferson and his wife Alyssa Beth or Bethkey uh, it's called love that last it's really good it's about their their marriage story and just like going through singleness um and Jefferson had had sex before marriage and so it's he gets like the first chapter is hilarious because you read you open it and it says I had sex in a church parking lot and I'm like we're going there um so I would re- recommend that one as well because he explains it a lot better than I do about like that emptiness that you feel too, because imagine like having sex with someone and not feeling empty because you're with that person, not for the sex, but you're with them for love. So highly re- recommend those two books. And lastly, God loves you. And it doesn't matter how many times you've given in to it. Um, I'm not going to be the one to point the finger at you and say like, God's going to judge you if you don't, but he will. and I, And he will do it but it's because he loves you and he wants to continually point you back to what he says is good. Because what he says is good is so much different than what we think is good. He is all surpassing of all knowledge and he knows what's best for us. And sex before marriage is not worth it and it's not what God says is good. So challenge of the week. Really on topic of what we're talking about sex before marriage. And this was the biggest thing that I had to learn was this challenge of the week, which is forgive yourself. You know, God doesn't expect you to hold on to every single thing you've done wrong, every single one of them. And that's not in his character and it's not his plan for us. But he wants us to fully embrace the fact that because he sent his son to die on a cross for us on our behalf, therefore we have full access to the father. And therefore we are fully forgiven if we confess our sin. If we we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. You know, if we confess, God, I have had sex with... This many people, and I, I never really apologized to you about it, and I never really asked for your forgiveness, even though I assumed that I had it. But knowing that he does forgive us, and he will do it, it's not just a "God, I hope you forgive me," and he'll think about it. But it's a uh, he says, like when you confess, I forgive you, and the slate is wiped clean. And there's different things that you can do to like help. You know, reach out to someone. You know, if you've if you're struggling with this. Um, if you if you feel like stuck in this pattern of like, ah, I, I want to stop having sex or I don't want to stop having sex, I would talk to somebody. I would highly recommend reaching out to another brother if you're in Christ or sister if you're in Christ. Um, I would highly recommend doing that because that just shows that, hey, I don't have it all together. Yeah, I've tried to and I've, I'm powerless. But that's where it becomes iron sharpens iron because we get to help each other become more like him and being sanctified together. So like I said, challenge of the week, forgive yourself. Know that God loves you. He is, he is so willing to forgive us. And he's also so willing to point us back to the good news, which is him and him alone. So I hope you guys feel encouraged this week. You are not your sin. You are fully forgiven and fully loved. We'll see you guys next time.